Metal Blade Podcast. Ryan is here. I'm Hello. here. You can find Ryan on Twitter at Augmented Ryan. I'm Metal Vinny on Twitter with a Y, not an I and an E. I'm not, uh, you know, greedy. I don't need two vowels. And of course, follow Metal Blade at Metal Blade. And on this edition of the Metal Blade Podcast, we talk to Mem Von Stein from Exumer, who just put out a new album on January 29th called The Raging Tides. And that was actually a pretty fun convo. Yeah, he's a... Uh... He's an interesting guy for sure. Talked about his dual citizenship between the states and Turkey, uh, thrash being an older guy that doesn't have hair anymore, mixed martial arts. It's probably one of the more fun conversations we've had on here so far. He's got a worldly view and he's a smart guy. And uh, I think, I feel like New Yorkers just get, like you live around that area long enough and you get kind of a, as you would say, an amalgamation of so many different cultures. Right. That like you get kind of a cool worldly view, even if you're just kind of in New York for a long time. Yeah, and plus, I mean, he grew up in Turkey and Germany and the States. So yeah, so. He's going to have uh, some interesting viewpoints. Yeah. And in other Metal Blade news, this just got announced. We are relaunching the Metal Massacre series. Metal Massacre 14. Where it all started. Is, is the next edition, and this was curated entirely by Alan Avril from Primordial. He has an ear for the underground that's... Yeah essentially unrivaled and this specific compilation sounds like it came from the 80s i mean these are underground bands yeah that are around today that are still carrying the torch for real true traditional metal if you're a fan of that if you've got a battle vest and you go to underground shows you know what a battle vest is right come on yeah well i just want to make sure well maybe you should explain it in case there's somebody out there it's a denim vest with a bunch of patches on it. Yeah, everybody knows that. There you go. There okay. You go. Some people might not. That's true. There's some people that might not be privy to the you know, the parlance of our times. Maybe if you're <laughs> like, uh, you know, super into new metal and you wear Jinkos, you don't know what a battle vest is. Right. Yeah. You might not. Um, it's essentially like that Frost and Fire Fest that we went to last October, made into vinyl and a CD. Okay. So these are all new bands. Yeah. Underground, classic metal sounding. Right. Bands that Alan kind of. Yeah. Wanted to highlight for this, right? Exactly. And then that kind of is a throwback to the original Metal Massacre, where Brian kind of does the same thing. Like he wanted to give these bands a platform that maybe didn't otherwise have a platform. And that's kind of how Metal Blade started in the very beginning, right? Exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's yeah, pretty and, cool. And over time, the Metal Massacres kind of became more of a sampler for the label. Yeah. So, the last, you know, however many editions of it, were really just all bands that were on Metal Blade, and this is the first time it's been done since the 80s where it's not bands on Metal Blade. The only Metal Blade band on here is Noctum, and then that's on the vinyl version. The CD and the digital versions have three extra tracks, mm-hmm. and in those, there's a Visigoth track, which is another Metal Blade band, but those are both Metal Blade bands that fit right within the spectrum of this compilation. That's pretty cool. Was that Alan's idea to do that? Um, I think it's something that's been bounced around for a while. Yeah. I think Brian's been wanting to bring it back for a minute. It's yeah. just a matter of, again, cultivating the uh, bands, like finding bands for it. And, and it's not as if Brian or the rest of us uh, can't do that. It's just a matter of finding someone that has the time to curate it properly. Sure. Because it's not something you're just going to do a Google search of bands and then throw a track listing together. Yeah, you got to really... You got to find bands that are into it, uh, for, first of all, because they have to approve it sure. and agree to be involved and all that. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's some legwork to be done on the back end. And then just the knowing what bands are doing relevant things in that scene today is something you only know if you're heavily involved in it, which a guy like Alan absolutely is. Do you think any of those bands don't have a battle vest? I don't know. <laughs> okay. There's probably a few. <laughs> There's probably a few that don't have battle vests. Okay. Just Let's checking. not assume everybody's got a battle vest. Okay? Yeah, well. That just, that just they seems... sound like they do. That they're, they're awesome. There's some bands in there uh, clearly that I've never heard before. Um, and it's just, it's it's a cool way to, I guess... Um, immerse yourself in something that you might not be familiar with. And having just gone to a fest like that, because look, I feel kind of disconnected from some of this older stuff, yeah. or at least classic sounding stuff, because it's not really something you're going to see on tour a lot right now, unless, unless you're going to really underground shows. Yeah, unless you're really out there trying to find it and trying yeah, to Yeah, and that's why, you know, we've talked about it before, the Frost and Fire Festival out here in Ventura, yeah. California is doing just that. It's pretty cool. And it sold out last year with two months notice, and they announced... This Frost and Fire Festival already for October yeah, of 2016. Super early. Yeah. 
And that one's going to sell out as well, and they're doing it at a way bigger venue. So so I wonder if there's kind of more demand out there, more interest than there is kind of people pushing the stuff. And I think so. You know what I mean? There's I kind think, of an yeah. imbalance there. Yeah, there's people that want it and will consume it, but there's not a lot of demand from managers and booking agents and just kind of the industry at large. And I think that's what makes it so cool to the people that like it is because it feels underground and exclusive yeah and which is how a metal originally was yeah and i feel like we're always kind of focused on the new releases and you know i'm really into like kind of where music is going and new things but there is that thread from you know all the way back in the early days of metal that is still going and still there's still people that are really into that and really doing cool creative new things within that framework of classic sounding stuff yeah so it's it's cool. Yeah, we we should have Alan on here so we can tell us. About I would all love the bands to because yeah, he's a really knowledgeable. Yeah, guy. I know I know all the bands are current, um, but I'm pretty ignorant to a lot of the bands because look, I mean, I didn't put it together, and I know essentially about this compilation as much as everyone else does now because it was in the press release. Yeah, I wasn't part of that whole process, so I'd like to learn more about the bands and um, just there might be someone there that have been around for a heck of a long time. I just, I'm not familiar. We always tell Alan he needs to have his own podcast. I know. And he, it would be awesome because he's just like, we've a, been trying. He's a wealth of knowledge and super informed. He's a wealth of knowledge and Irish rage. Yeah. And he could rant. Yeah. No, he's great at it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll try to get him on here in the, in the near future. But anyway, you can sample that. I made a little sampler video with 20 seconds from every track yes. on the vinyl. Yes. I didn't include the three bonus tracks. Um, cause you can actually, you know, once it's out, you can hear those on iTunes and everything, but on the vinyl, it's, um, if you go to metal, metalblade.com slash metal massacre, you can sample those as well as pre-order the vinyl CD and digital. So cool. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, what else do we have? Tours, right? Yeah. Everyone's out there. A Grinding. Tour, a tour just got announced. Soulfly is going back out with, uh, Suffocation, Battlecross, and one of our new signings, Abnormality. Boomba, boomba. <laughs> Is that your Soulfly? That's, that's my Max Cavalera shout out. Okay. Have you toured tour the Max Cavalera? Uh, no, I've played some fest with them in Europe. Okay. Um, it's funny because for a while there, um, like at all the big fests in Europe, it would be like Soulfly would be playing, and then Sepultura would also be playing. And then, like, Max Cavalera had his own thing, too. And I don't think all three were at any one show. Cavalera Conspiracy? Yeah, Cavalera Conspiracy. But you would see kind of, like, multiple bands playing the same classic uh, Sepultura songs, songs, like, with (laughs) different members. and That's funny. Yeah. Well, that that tour goes out April through May. April 22nd, it starts. And uh, those dates are up on MetalBlade.com right now. Redemption, their new album just came out progressive band for you prog fans out there completely obviously different than the classic stuff on metal massacre 14 loads of guest appearances on that you can see the uh, video for the art of loss that features chris poland on guitar yeah it's been getting really good reviews and people that were kind of um fans of redemption for a long time seem to be really liking it and people that might not have heard of them also seem to be liking it so it seems like uh it's doing well Absolutely. So give Redemption a listen at MetalBlade.com slash Redemption. It's spelled just like that. It's not complicated. And uh, also on the touring front, the Between the Barry to Me tour is has started. Between the Barry to Me with August Burns Red and Good Tiger. Good Tiger obviously being the first signing of Blacklight Media, the record label uh, Metal Blade imprint started by Chris Santos from TV's Chopped and a, a bunch of other things. I love Good Tiger. Yeah, and why do you love Good Tiger? Uh, f- fucking amazing music, amazing musicianship, catchy songs, but not in any kind of box, not using any kind of formula, like pushing the bounds rhythmically and harmonically while still being like a poppy sounding kind of accessible band. And you know, a few times that we've posted things about uh, Good Tiger, especially on Instagram, it's just like, oh my God, this isn't metal. <laughs> People just whining and crying. And it's just like, I normally don't get upset about comments because it's like, you know, everybody has some asshole opinion out sure. there. And you can't really take that stuff too seriously. But God, when I see people that are so close-minded to really good music. And I understand like if you don't like a band, you don't like a band. That's totally cool, but just because they have clean singing or, you know, just because it's not super brutal to be like, "No, oh, this isn't metal. Why are you posting right, this?" Right. It's just ugh, it's so annoying. 
Especially when I like the band so much. So that's, well, my, I mean, that's my rant, my anti-rant. The Good Tiger is an insanely technically accomplished band. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Practically everybody in this band is a clinic-level musician, especially Alex Rudinger on drums. <laughs> yeah, dude, forget about His it. His drumming is absolutely bananas. Yeah, I mean, you can say you don't like the band, that's fine, but you can't, you can't really uh, criticize their musicianship at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't yet, I mean, go to YouTube. Uh, go to the Good Tiger YouTube page and watch uh, Alex Rudinger play those songs. Actually, he's got a massive YouTube channel where he just put up... He's got two, I think, drum videos from this album for Snake Oil and Where Are the Birds. Well, Alex is an interesting guy because he came up in this new kind of what I call YouTube generation of musicians. Right. Where they don't really necessarily start out getting famous from being in a band, but they get... I don't want famous is maybe the wrong word, but well-known... Um, notoriety just, yeah yeah just by maybe covering songs doing playthroughs showing their chops and at, and I don't know how old Alex is he's a pretty young guy but at an extremely young age a lot of these guys are getting well known just for being incredible musicians and having cool YouTube channels yeah and that's you know obviously never happened before um, yeah that's a fairly modern thing I mean yeah. that that's how bands are finding members now it's nuts yeah it's really cool yeah, so definitely if that tour is coming near you, go. It's a show you're not going to want to miss. And obviously, Between the Barrier to Me and August Burns Red are two of the best live bands in the metal scene today. Yeah, let's not forget BT Bam. I mean, yeah, pfft. absolutely. That's going to be out here at the Roxy, and I'm really excited about that. The Roxy's a pretty small venue. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, August Burns Red isn't on that show because they're playing a festival in hmm. LA. Oh, okay. So that's the, that show, the Roxy show is just kind of like an added on. It's uh, not norm for the tour. It's okay. kind of like, like almost off an off date. Sure. Yeah. So it's just going to be uh, between the Bear to Me and Good Tiger. And that's going to be a really, really good time. That'll be a really fun show. Yeah. So that's going to be packed out and just insane. A smaller stage that then between the Bear to Me is played on in LA in quite some time. And I always like that when uh, bands do smaller stages here. But anyway, so we talked to Mem von Stein. That was the worst segue of all time. Uh, well, you talked about Mem at the beginning. Yeah. We, we screwed know. that up. Yeah, we did well, that backwards. You know, we're, we're semi-pros. Oh, my God. And we talked to Mem von Stein. So we're going to play that now. Here he is. All right. We've got Mem von Stein here on the Metal Blade Podcast. Mem, how you doing, man? What's going on, guys? Uh, we just put out an Exuma record. What the heck do we do that for? I just felt like it after four years of not putting out <laughs> records. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought maybe it would be a good idea to do a new one and, and, and finally come out with a new record. <laughs> maybe. It turned out to be a pretty good idea, actually. Yeah, well, it's like the feedback has been great. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's really into it. Uh, we're happy. Uh, we're happy that people are happy, <laughs> which makes everything a lot easier on on all fronts. Yeah, when I, when I saw you guys at that fest out here in L.A., what fest was that? That was that was just uh, Thrasho de Mayo, uh, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Thrasho. That was uh, six years ago. Yeah, no. Yeah, that was, was it six, seven years ago already. I think. Yeah, that was my first yeah. time seeing Exumer live, um, and that that fest yeah. it was like an all thrash fest in LA at a really big venue, the the um, Avalon here in Hollywood, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the Thrasho was in, at the Knitting Factory seven years ago and then when we played the Avalon that was actually our own show two years ago okay and yeah that's what that was, that was. well it was it, yeah. yeah it was a ton of really cool thrash bands in LA and that was insane I I saw how big of a venue that was and I was really skeptical like dude what the hell uh this, yeah, this, this show this show is gonna be a disaster uh but it was fucking yeah. packed I mean look Amana Martha sold out the Avalon like that's it's yeah. crazy it's a it's one of the biggest rooms in Hollywood and LA in general for these types of shows. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, we we did I mean on both occasions actually we were kind of like super surprised because people were like, "Oh, uh we need you to come and play." And we're like, "Yeah, sure." And then they just and then we kind of said, "You know, it's a little complicated with, you know, half of us living in Germany, half of us living here and you know, we need XYZ and, you know, this is what we need. And then on both occasions, everybody's like, all right, cool, whatever. <laughs> you know, we're, we're like, okay, um, we don't want anybody to lose money on that. And they're like, nah, it's cool. We're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so we came down and both both occasions were really surprised. But, I mean, obviously people know what they're doing and they invest money into something that they know it's 
that's actually safe. And it's just, it's really freaky to us uh, uh, how how many people down there know about the band and really are into it. So it's like, wow. It's like this weird pocket out of in the world. You know, it's there and I don't know, and yeah, Bogota, Colombia, you know, right, we're like right, those yeah. two places. Like, what? Okay. <laughs> Uh, like that weirdness, but it's cool. I mean, it, I mean, both of those shows were a lot of fun, and um, yeah, man, it was it was pretty crazy. Well, dude, I I think a lot of it is helped by the fact that you guys don't tour regularly, so when you do play shows, it's a big deal, and the band's name it, has been around a long time in the thrash scene, so people are definitely aware of the band, it, either either yeah. directly or they've heard of it, and they're finally just now getting around to it. Right, yeah. I mean, we we kind of didn't know, and then now we put um especially in LA. There's like this huge underground thrash scene with all these younger bands. Massive, actually, massive thrash yeah, scene here. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it it puts uh, the, the 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 scene back when I was growing up to shame, really. Wow. And and um, yeah, it was like uh, all these kids know more about me or the band than I know about me or the band, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay. And they're like, oh yeah, you did that. And then you recorded this demo. I'm like, really? Okay, I did, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, they're really knowledgeable and um, they just come out and support. It's just crazy. And yeah, I mean, obviously we don't tour a whole lot and um, when we do play shows, it's, it's pretty cool. It, it works out for everyone, I guess. Did you think that 30 years on that Thrash would still be as big as it is, or if not bigger than no ever? No way. I mean, you know, when we started, we were like little kids, you know, 17, 18-year-old teenagers. And, right. um, you know, you never really, you know, when you're in that, at that age, you just think, you don't think any longer than the next two weeks, if <laughs> yeah. that. So, so, so 30 years down the line, you know, it's like, whoa. <laughs> and um but yeah, I didn't I, I mean obviously a lot of things happened in between those those years and you know, I guess the biggest thing is the internet that happened and and um right. and that's that's one of the main reasons I think, um, because of technology and, and, and people still being curious, I guess, uh this this whole thing went as long as it did and it's still going strong. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. But no, I didn't never thought about that. Well, this is 30 years of your band's name showing up on battle vests for kids at thrash shows, you know? That's yeah. A lot, yeah. Of, a lot of name recognition over time. And uh, the new record you guys just put out, um, uh, The Raging Tides, is I, I think it's way better than the previous album. And I think it just has to do with, you know, you guys are kind of hitting a stride a little bit after having right. not been active for so long. I mean, this is a fucking, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were just listening to it before this. And that that's uh, Ryan pointed out a, a badass like a Slayer ride breakdown. What track was that? Um, uh, I was like track eight. I, I forget the title. Darkest, whatever the hell. Do you remember which one that is? Uh, Dark ma'am? Reflections. Yeah, Dark Reflections. Holy shit, that yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, how difficult is it to like, you know, we we pick singles from albums all the time to release to fans, and I know mm-hmm. it's a little bit a little bit of a double edged sword in that you know, the two or three songs we kind of release invariably become the most popular tracks, but like what songs on this record do you feel like you don't want people to ignore? Um, you know, I I thought the the ones that we actually picked were pretty good. They're pretty representational across the board because, you know, um, there's some mid-tempo tracks, two of them, and one of them's catatonic we actually put out, which was pretty cool. And, um, some of my other favorite songs are um, definitely Dark Reflections and um, Welcome to Hellfire. Those two songs I really like a lot. And um, even Shadow Walker, it's a mid-tempo song. You know, it, that kind of like is really cool to listen to. Um, you know, we, we just got off uh, a tour uh, in Europe for a few weeks. And um, and uh, it was funny because we in our minds and the way we composed Shadow Walker, it's like a sure thing mosh pit crazy insanity song and then some nights it would be exactly that and some nights people would just stand there and listen which is okay yeah you know and and it's so weird but that's exactly why you're gonna play tours too especially after you drop a new record is to see what works and what doesn't work and then what kind of environment things work you know um 
So, yeah. But uh, definitely Welcome to Hellfire is like one of my favorite songs. It's, and it's crazy difficult to sing, so <laughs> I <kinda laughs> like it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Well, uh, you have you have a video on the way still, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's a, it's almost done. Like, uh, we're just putting the um, final touches on it. Um, it's for Catatonic. And um, I should have it either today or tomorrow, and then I'm going to obviously shoot it out to you guys. And... Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome. We shot it um, in two days in between uh, stops during the tour. We had two days off, and um, basically uh, one day was with uh, with an actor, and the other day was just us. And it was pretty cool. Like um, it's in this abandoned, not really abandoned, but like this factory setting, and kind of like has a storyline. It's the first time we actually worked with a storyline. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I saw some of the the early looks of just the band, and I thought it looked really good. And if, if, yeah, if yeah. it was if it was bad, I would tell you. Yes, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. That's that's exactly what I need to hear before we release it. It's right? Not, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't help anybody if you say yeah, it's awesome, and then think secretly thinks it's shit. Dude, dude look look seriously. I I think you guys have a pretty good vision. That the video you guys did in South America last time I thought looked really cool. I think one of the problems that uh, bands that have been around for a long time. Uh, do you like how I avoided saying you guys were an older band there? <laughs> Right. That's <laughs> I, very nice. That's, I, I that's, think that's, that's yeah. I, th- I think one yeah, of you, you just you just saved me about you shaved about 20, 20 years. <laughs> I, I think one of the problems yeah. that older bands have sometimes is they don't have like a modern vision to see what works now. And they're, right. they're still trying to look at everything through that lens of the 80s, where if you try to do stuff the exact same way, sometimes it looks really campy or just not good. Um, but everything right. so far video wise from you guys have been really cool. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, if, even though we've been, you know, been around for so long, it's 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 still kind of like when we started the band back up in 2008. I mean, to really, to be honest and, and, and just factual about it, it's sort of a new band. I mean, there's a 25-year gap between records, right. uh, uh, between Rising from the Sea, our second record, and our third one, um, Fire and Damnation. So... Like and then with fire, we just have to figure out things. You know, it's the comeback record, and I think the reason why this record works so well is because now we figured those things out that we need to figure out. Right. And um and uh, now it's kind of coming together. Um, yeah, it's kind of a new band. I mean, it's 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 definitely not one of those things. It's not creator. It's not Sodom. You know, we didn't, you know, stick to our guns for the past 30 years, have a catalog of 15 records or whatnot. It's definitely not that. It's a cult band, but, you know, it it would be kind of, it'd be almost like suicide to go and think, oh, you just apply the same tactics that you applied in 1986 to 2016. It's just almost like ridiculous, too. And, you know, I'm not saying we have to yeah, I mean, like, even with the look, you know, we try to be, you know, ourselves and not to betray the metal look. But, I mean, I can't run around like I did when I was 16 because nobody's going to buy that, right? right. I see a lot, of, a lot of bands fall into that type of trap where they're like, oh, I'm going to put on a bullet belt and it's going to be a good idea. <laughs> if you're 20, maybe, but I'm 48, you know? Yeah. Like maybe maybe not so much, you know. I don't have any hair anymore. Like, <laughs> right? Like it's you got you know, and um, you know, I'd rather run around on stage like in a more authentic type of fashion than than just be like, oh, I'm going to the carnival or something. You know, it's, it's nobody's gonna buy that. You know, so. No, I was, I was gonna say anymore. I was gonna say a bullet belt with a beer gut doesn't look too good, but you're in actually ridiculously good shape. Uh, it, you're you're yeah. your way into what like fight training? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I started uh, martial arts, traditional martial arts, um, kung fu, um, Shaolin based kung fu, like in the late nineties, which was in my late twenties actually. And so, um, so, uh, and then when I moved to New York, I was like full time training all the time for thirteen years straight. And then when I moved to Long Island from the city. I um, stopped going to to the to the place where I practice my the art, and now I've been just training by myself and you know with people that I, are from here from the island, which there's a huge MMA community now, um, 
And, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I like every, every aspect of the fight game. I like MMA, but, you know, my, my art that I trained that I actually studied was, um, Shaolin based Kung Fu. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the next, this weekend's fights too. It's going to be pretty crazy. So are we. Dude, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm about to order this thing. I just got my uh, 20% off email for being a, a, a subscriber to UFC Fight Pass. So I got to order that Dang. before I forget. I know, right? That's a pretty big discount. Yeah, don't out. forget. I know. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, you got a Cali boy on the on the on the big on the big ticket this time. Oh yeah, Nate. Stockton represents. <laughs> yeah, Nate Diaz, man. Uh, that's that's insane. Yeah. So I yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, Conor McGregor obviously yeah. was going to fight uh, RDA for the uh, lightweight title, and he broke his yeah. foot and had to drop out. So now he's fighting. Uh, what's Nate Diaz's weight class? Middleweight. Uh, one fifty-five, right? No, Nate Diaz fights well, at one seventy. Oh, oh, I'm I'm way off. Yeah, well, now the thing is, Nate usually fights at one fifty-five because okay. he's got an advantage because um, he's pretty large, yeah. so he drops it. But he couldn't right. he couldn't drop the pounds in like a week. Right, I mean, right. He got like a week, a ten day notice for this fight. He's like, yeah, I can't fight you at one fifty-five, bro. <laughs> so, so, so they settled at the at the punchy weight of one seventy, which right. is kind of crazy because McGregor is like trying to gain weight like crazy, and yeah. he's still under one seventy, and 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 um, and Diaz is trying to drop whatever stuff he has, you know, to to make the one seventy. It's it's a pretty crazy fight. It's, it's not often insane. it's not often you hear about a fighter trying to put on weight crazily in the last minute. You know what I mean? It's usually oh, all about never, weight cutting. Never. Yeah, no. I mean, usually you cut weight. I mean, yeah, McGregor made this crazy statement. He said he was going to fight. He would fight. Uh, if he wins this, I guess, he wants to fight uh, Robbie Lawler. And I was thinking <laughs> to myself, are you out of your mind? Robbie walks around at 205 pounds, it's insane. dude. Yeah. At a yeah. certain point, physics That's is just against you. Yeah, it's not, it's it's just talk. It's just ridiculousness. But this this fight should be fun. I mean, you know, you got one guy who who trained his ass off for the past three months, and the other dude had like a week. So, right. so it's going to be pretty interesting of like what they can put together in like a week is not, you know, I mean, uh, but it's it's going to be fun. The other one, the the, the chick fight, yeah, going to be actually really good. Yeah, Holly Holm. Yeah, she's I, pretty cool. I like. think it's actually going to be a good fight compared to the last one. I mean, yeah, yeah. She Misha Tate was what the, uh, Misha, the only person to take uh, Ronda Rousey to multiple rounds. Right, right. No, Misha's good, man. I mean, I've been watching her since Strike Force, and yeah. she's pretty scrappy, and um, she's definitely uh, a lot more dangerous um, because she, she's a lot more unpredictable than than Ronda. Ronda has got like two things, and she's a terrible puncher. Yeah, that I means striker. So she, her punches are awful. Yeah. So uh, you see that, and no, she, you saw she, that at the fight. She looked legitimately bad in that fight against Holm, and uh, yeah, I mean, it never took her head off the center line. She just left herself open to get punched, and it's just at that point you just got to say that's just bad coaching. Yeah, and and then when she ran into the cage, that was hilarious too. I was like, oh uh, my yeah. god, that was embarrassing, painful. Yeah, yeah, painful. That was hard to watch. Um, well, yeah. you, you've never done any competitive, uh, competing and fighting in any sense, have you? No, no. I mean, we, we, you know, I've, I fought within my system, but I mean, it's not nothing like that. I mean, um, I was obviously, I started a lot later than, um, and I mean, these guys, they, I mean, the fight game is really for people in their twenties. Right. If you think yeah. about it. I mean, you age out. I mean, if you're 36, I mean, once you're 30, unless you're like an Olympian-style wrestler like um, Daniel Cormier, who really is like a lifelong athlete and, you know, who can grind it out like that. But other than that, after after 35, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I watched this fight um, with Anderson Silva this weekend. It oh, how awesome of, was that? Yeah, it was it was crazy, but I mean, it felt like that, that Anderson was like not himself anymore. He's a 40-year-old you know? like, guy. Yeah, I mean, he would, he wouldn't, he wouldn't move forward, and then when he did move forward, he was great, and then like it was just, it was just uh, really messy, and was, I can, see, I mean, when Anderson was on, was on top, <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was just sheer insanity. Yeah. Like <laughs> the stuff that, the stuff he pulled off was out of control. So, well, yeah. look, he still looked insanely evasive. And he, he was never a guy that really pushed fights anyway. He was always kind of a guy that 
was better at countering or at least preferred to yeah. counter. So it's not yeah. that surprising that he would try to employ that strategy against Bisping. But Bisping was always a guy that pushes fights. So it was kind of right. like it was a war of wills to a degree. And yeah, I mean, yeah. That, for me, that fight was way too close to call, but I totally understand why they would give it to Bisping. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's also it's it's also in London. And, I mean, he did he did do pretty well. Yeah. Um. The but the, you know that one knee was out of control. Oh so. man, that was one of the craziest <laughs> things I've ever seen in a fight. Uh, and then and I mean his his face was also pretty crazy. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> just oh. annihilated. Yeah, a knee like that. Oh man, that was uh yeah. that was a heck of a lot of blood. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that's why. <clears throat> you know, it's a good time to be a fan of, of this stuff right now. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw on Fight Pass, they, they're they going to start doing uh, Glory kickboxing as well. No, but I've been watching Glory on Spike for, since they started it. I mean, obviously, Glory is out of control, yeah. man. Those do, I mean, if you're a real fight fan, not the casual Conor McGregor, Irish, wannabe Irish dude. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, all of a sudden everybody is Irish. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, um, now, if you're really serious about fighting, I mean, glory is out of control. It's That's what like I heard. The, it's, it's, I mean, I've been watching it since they started showing it on Spike, and it's, oh, my God. It's so brutal and so, I mean, there's no ground fighting, so right. <laughs> there's and there's no hugging. Mm-hmm. Right, so yeah, no clinching and kickboxing. Yeah, there's no clinching in in in, in box and kickboxing. So everything is strikes and kicks. Yeah, so. I was just I was just listening to that new podcast, Rutin and Ronaldo. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mario Ronaldo and Boss Rutin. Obviously, Boss Rutin, the the greatest MMA fighter probably right. of all time. Uh, and they yeah. were they were just raving about how good Glory is right now. So it's I I can't wait to catch up on that because I've been hearing a lot of things about it. I just haven't gotten around to checking it out yet. Plus I don't have yeah. I don't have cable anymore, so I miss out uh, on a lot of things now. So yeah, I, no, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna love this. this yeah. you're gonna be like, oh my god, yeah. what are these people doing? The punishment <laughs> is just out of control. And right. I mean, the, you gotta you gotta remember they're doing this stuff with like huge boxing gloves, right? And they, knock each other out like boom it's yeah they said something what like 80 percent of the fights end in knockouts right now in wow. glory yeah yeah i, I think that's crazy. what i think that's what boss Rutten said or one of those two guys yeah, it's nuts i mean it's it's bananas you're gonna love <laughs> this i can't wait i think the first one is uh friday night which is tomorrow what, what's it march 4th tomorrow uh yes so this yeah. th- this podcast will come out uh probably just a few days after that so People will have mis- cool. people will have missed it, and they'll already know what happened in the fights this Saturday. So, you know, we'll just be yeah, yeah, yeah. speculating on things people have already seen. But um, yeah, right. I mean, if you missed it, definitely go back and check that out. I I think you know, just like heavy metal, it's violent, but it's very much an art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's totally like, I mean, combat sports is to me like, I mean, I all. All my friends are like into football and hockey, whatever. And I, you know, they, they're like, "Yeah, those are contact sports too." I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> There's one big exception, though. Nobody's really, really trying to bust each other's face in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the 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 object of the game is to put a puck into a goal. You know, like I mean, or or run a bunch of yards with a with a ball. The object of combat fighting is to knock each other out. It's a little yeah. different, bro. You know, so I mean, the the amount of intensity and like I always say to them too, like to my buddies, I'm like, unless you you know have experience ever anybody punching you or kicking you, it's like there's no way you can even remotely relate to what's going on. The amount of stress that these people put themselves through right. is insane. Yeah, most yeah. most people when they get punched square in the face, that's the end of their day. Yeah. That's it. You're going home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I got to imagine for you coming from a place of training in that that kind of stuff that 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 really probably translates to when you do play live shows. um, Yeah. Making it. Are you getting in a car? (laughs) No, no, no. I was just kind of trying to, um, I'm trying to get stuff out of, out of a safe. Okay. (laughs) Are you you robbing a bank? (laughs) I just imagine a huge yeah. stack of cash and some guns in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, it's a little more low rent than that. Okay, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's a heavy metal safe. Yeah, 
It's a heavy metal thing. You wouldn't <laughs> understand. Yeah, I mean, I I, I totally think that um, uh, like combat sports and 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 you know being on stage completely goes hand in hand. I mean, it's like both is that sort of warfare, you know. Yeah. You kind of and you both have to, you know in both instances you have to prove something. So to me, that's 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 very closely related. And um, you know, you both have. I mean. The shows that we play is they're very physical. You know, it's not real prog rock what we're doing. So yeah, <laughs> so I think uh, it, it translates really well. Yeah, I imagine just not that. not getting out of breath and being able to have a lot of energy. You know, I uh, totally as yeah. you're getting older I mean, is probably a huge benefit. I, I mean, I, if I wouldn't be working out, there's no way that I could like even like this two and a half three week tour that we did. There's no way that I could hang in there and do that type of high energy stuff every night. Right. And, you know, I mean, granted it was like, you know, we're in a, in a, in a bus and it was all, all the luxuries that we could actually afford. You sure. know, it was like night, it was a nightliner tour, poster, a band tour, like all that stuff. But regardless, it's, it's very stressful and, and it's, it's, it's strenuous. So I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, there's no way if you're not fit enough to do that, even for a week, you know, let alone for a longer period. So, you know, yeah. there's no, and, and, and still bring it every night. I mean, you can stand there. Yeah. You can phone it in. <laughs> yeah. Phone it in. It, it doesn't, I, I, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, it doesn't translate with this type of music though. Like, I, I mean, people expect you to kind of deliver. And we had, on this last tour, we had like these very young bands, especially the Greek band that we played with. They're they're all early twenties, late mm-hmm. teens. They look like what we what we look like when we're that age. Long hair, bullet belts, totally crazy show. They run around like ants yeah. on stage. It's it's you know you can't follow up with after that and be like yo hey what's up I'm just, yeah. yeah I'm just hanging out here. It doesn't work. Like it don't matter if you if, if people know you're not you know obviously they come to see you but you still have to kick ass i mean come on yeah so now that you guys have kind of the momentum of the band back in full swing are you just gonna just gonna keep going keep making records and just keep yeah yeah definitely i mean um i'm waiting to hear um to be confirmed for like this south american tour that we're about to do in the summer yeah and then uh, we got some things li- lined up um, in Europe now, too. We're going to play some festivals in Finland, I think Denmark, and then Germany over the summer. And then, um, you know, we just keep on doing this and then uh, hopefully start writing a new record um, maybe at the end of next year or mid-next year or something like that. And cool. So, yeah, and hopefully, you know, release something and. 2018 or 2019. I mean, we got, we still got to do one more record for you guys. So yeah, <laughs> you have dual citizenship, right? Germany and the U.S. I have Turkish citizenship oh, Turkish. because I was born in yeah, gotcha. I was born in Turkey and uh, and uh, American. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I've been listening to some of your other interviews and stuff, and just getting ready for this podcast. And it's it's actually really interesting. It seems like you're a pretty like social conscious guy, and you. Uh, your lyrics are really cool, and it seems like you really pay attention to kind of what's going on in the world, and um, yeah, that's, that's just I mean, cool to see. It's, yeah, it's 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 more interesting than you know dragons and swords and stuff. I, I mean, I that, think that's so interesting too. too. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean it, that's interesting too. But sure. other people can do that better than I can. So yeah, yeah, and uh, and and it's necess- it's not necessary for me to uh, you know convey that type of message. I think in this in this environment that we have created with the band. So I think, you know, I think um, what I talk about fits really well to the music. So I think, and, 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 you know, and I'm interested, I'm an interested person. I kind of try to follow and see what's going on around me, you know? So, yeah. So I mean, we don't really talk about politics on this podcast, but I just have to know like what your, your thoughts kind of on the election are and kind of world events in general, moreover. He's asking how pissed off you are. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm pretty uh, shocked that you know uh, now the Republican establishment is scrambling to like knock uh, Trump out of this race, right. you know. And then you got like this slimy dude, Chris Christie, who lives actually not too far away from me, right? Um, 
you know, sucking up to him. And it's just, you know, like, you're like, oh, um, you blew this dude off for the longest time. But, you know, it's like these xenophobic um, uh, 140 character sound bites, basically, that, that actually resonate with people. And a lot of people that might not want to hear anything other than that, you know, um, and, 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 and it's, it's pretty shocking. So I'm, 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 I'm hoping that time, uh, when, when, um, election time comes, uh, people will stop this dude, you know, because I think he's going to get the nomination and, and, uh, I can't have that. Like, I don't, you know, it's, I mean, obviously, you know, where I'm standing on the spin spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, how, yeah. how long were you, uh, I actually don't know this, so I just want to ask: uh, How many years did you spend in Turkey before you were in the states? I was I was two years old when my parents moved to Germany, and then when I'm when I'm in my late twenties, I immigrated to the states from Germany. So I grew up in this very weird triangular um, uh, cultural yeah Bermuda triangle really yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. it's just kind of you know it was kind of interesting because i do speak all three languages too oh wow i don't i'm not yeah i'm not fluent um i, I can't write uh, read and write uh, in turkish but I, I definitely can speak it and um and uh and uh german i can read and write and obviously speak it and um some friends of mine went to some friends of mine went to turkey and for some reason they had weed really which in turkey is a, a felony i believe I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's a really, I mean, it's I mean, a really bad I, thing I mean, to have. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 probably not the best thing to do over there. Maybe well, you should just kind of like like drink Turkish coffee or something. Yeah, well they uh they had this weed and they tried to share it with the person at the bed and breakfast they were staying at. They uh it was like a yeah an older couple or something, and they thought they seemed cool. So they're like, "Do you want some of this?" And the older co- couple got really uncomfortable and turned it down. And they said thirty minutes later, a cop rolled up. And they thought they were. Oh boy. They thought they were going to Turkish prison. Prison. Yeah, Midnight so, Express. T- yeah. Turns out the cop just go- eats there, so they ended up hanging. Yeah. And they hung out with this cop, and my friend, who's this really attractive redhead, um, has a picture on her phone with a Turkish cop, where the Turkish cop is letting her hold his gun. That's awesome. While feet away in her luggage, she had a pound of weed or something like that. It was a lot of weed. It was some. And while Theo is blasting in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's it's that's a they, awesome. they that's, had a they, that's a good they said they had a really good time over there and I've never been and I would love to go. Yeah, man. I mean, it's 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 a really pretty place. I mean, yeah. it's, it's 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 and it's it has like really old spots. I mean, really old spots. You yeah, know? that's where the Roman and, uh, Empire died. You know, like in Boogie Nights. And right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a really interesting place. You know, I mean. Uh, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's a very strange like brew of of uh, Eastern and Western culture, sure. you know, mixing in in the big cities, and then really having like East East Middle Eastern culture in the in the smaller place. It's it's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely a, uh, an interesting place to go. And like, obviously, you know, like all that stuff. I mean, you know, there's there's always going to be crazy politics going on because you know. Um, because it's a Muslim country, but it's a secular country. So, and they can still you know, drink there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a secular country. I mean, yeah. you're not supposed to walk around in in um, government buildings with, like, uh, like uh, things on your head or something, you know? Like, okay. you can't wear any scarves or anything. So, um, so that's pretty secular in that regard. But then, you know, you got a lot of conservative people just, uh, on the other end, too. So, I mean, sure. you, you go to, like, a beach resort. People, chicks are there wearing nothing or close to nothing, and then you go to like uh like in the countryside, and then you find people who are like very religious or something, you know. Yeah, so sure. it's, it's 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 an interest. I mean, it's not much different than here if you think about it. How does it compare to Long Island? <laughs> <laughs> Long Island is pretty cool. Man. I've never I mean, been. Like, well, no, it's Long Island. I mean, you got you got pretty. It's it's. I mean, you got um. Pockets, um, you know, Italian, Irish, whatever. I mean, Long Island, it's, it's just an extension of the city, really, sure. if you think about it. There's some um, people There's some people a, in the city that would probably be mad to hear you that, I think, probably. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I lived in the city for like 12 years, maybe. 
and um, or eleven years, and then when I finally moved out to Long Beach, which is uh, Long Beach, Long Island, is is on the beach, and it was really cool because it kind of like was, wow, you know, um, I got away from all the insanity of the city, and and now I I just enjoyed living close to the ocean. You know, the summer it's great because I mean. For years, I would just continuously get more depressed, you know, as it gotten hotter and hotter <laughs> yeah. and hotter, and I'll be like, "Get me the fuck out of here," you know. Like, yeah, it was like bad. So yeah. yeah, you can. I mean, you guys live. You can go to the ocean. We can at any time, which yeah. means I almost never go. I think that's how that works. As soon as you have access that's, to something, yeah, I, <laughs> you take yeah. it for granted. You're like whatever. Yeah, you're like, whatever. But damn it, man. Uh, th- thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Is there anything else uh, you want fans to know about the Raging Tides or any anything besides the new video that's coming up? Yeah, I mean, uh, watch out for this clip, man. I mean, that's going to be really cool. I, I mean, like I said, it should be coming in any day for us. And then uh, I guess uh, Vinny and I will discuss uh, how we're going to release this thing yeah. and, and, then, and then we'll put it out, right? Absolutely, I hope so. Cool, we're looking forward to it. Cool, yeah, man. Well, thanks, guys, for yeah. having me. Yeah, thank you so it. much. Yeah, thanks, man. And I'm very, very, very much looking forward to seeing you live again. So keep me posted on any North American shows. Oh, you got it. All right, guys. Cool, man. All right, have a good day. Talk soon. You too. Bye bye. See ya. I hope you enjoyed that little conversation with Mem there. Thank, thanks to him again for taking the time. Dude's a thrash While he master. was digging around in his heavy metal safe for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope you don't edit that out. So no, that's I'm leaving a, that. Okay, that, good. That's, I just imagine the stacks of money, different cash. I'm sure it's just insurance documents. like yeah, nor- shotguns. Normal, shotgun, yeah. <laughs> pistols, 10 different passports, James <laughs> Bond. Passports. Yeah, James Bond music playing. Bum, 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 I mean, dun, 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 he legitimately knows Kung Fu, so you never know. He could yeah. be some sort of heavy metal Jason Bourne. Dude, for all you know, he's working for, you know, MI6. Oh, that would be awesome. This is just a uh, elaborate w- cover story that he's a thrash that would suck, musician. suck to have a band where someone works in MI6 because you'd never be able to talk about it or use it as like a marketing angle. <laughs> That'd be so useless. <laughs> Your guy's some badass spy, but you, you know, the band can never talk about it. That would suck. Write songs that are like stories, but they're really real life things that he's done. Like that's how they get. Yeah, that's how they get around like the non-disclosure agreement. Is that yeah. they put it in song form? Yeah, and make it really. Oh, it's vague. just a story. Anyway, I want to do some science news, please. Science news of the week. Scientists. What do those people know? They're drilling into an impact crater where the remnants of a killer asteroid. Uh, lies off Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. And what's the significance of that crater? It killed the dinosaurs. Yeah, that's... Um, Supposedly. Yeah, that's... The best, our best guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't say... A lot it's, of A little, little more it. than a guess. Yeah. Me- anyway, 66 million years ago, it killed the dinosaurs and most of the life on the planet. And uh, scientists hope that by drilling into the crater sediments, they may be able to learn how life here bounced back after the devastating impact. How's that for reading out loud from CNN.com? That's Holy good. crap. There's a couple stats on there that were, I thought, pretty mind-blowing. Insane. Yeah. If, I don't know if you have them pulled up there. I have a couple of them written down. Read them out. But the uh, 48,000 cubic miles of material that it ejected into the atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, and and the thing that brought it home to me is how, because you say that number, it's kind of hard to picture, but 17 Lake Superiors filled with stuff. And as someone from Michigan who actually lived near... Lake Superior for a while, I can tell you that is a huge, huge, deep lake. And when you're <laughs> when you're near that lake, it's basically like being on the, the coast of an ocean. Right. You're not seeing the other side. You're at you're at a huge body of water. And to imagine 17 of those just flying out into the atmosphere because yeah. this huge rock from space hurtled down and smashed into uh, Mexico, the Mexico area. I mean the the crater is six miles wide. Insane. Yeah. And it's hard to really fathom how big that is. Asteroidal impacts are super interesting, and the fact well, that we meteor, have... Meteor impacts. Oh, well, would, when, it, when it enters the atmosphere, it becomes a meteor. It's no oh, longer well, an asteroid. Okay, well, I've heard it referred to as asteroidal, but I could, That's be, weird. I could be just making that up. You go to some bad websites. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but the fact that we have that to thank for the fact that that you know mammal life was able to thrive and eventually lead to us. It's right, like, yeah. You know, we think about these things like, oh my God, if there's an asteroid, what'll happen? And and if 
if you want to see how how many things there are out there, go to uh, Scott Manley's uh, YouTube page. Right, and he's uh, an astronomer who plays a lot of video games. He's got a really cool YouTube channel. No, he does. But he he did a um, a video, and it's actually in four K. So if you have a really cool monitor, you can see it. But he did a video where he shows the orbits of all the asteroid um, discoveries in the past, like I don't know, thirty or forty years. And when you see how many thousands of objects are out there just hurtling around, you know the fact that we're not hit more often is almost. Right. You and know what I mean? We'll, we'll get to that in a second, but it, what scientists hope to learn from this is how life bounced back after the impact. So they're going right. to examine the layers of sediment right. to see how life progressed after the it's impact. almost like resetting everything, not back to and that, zero. And that's but... what they're expecting to find. There's going to be a layer of almost entirely sterile sediment, and after that, slowly but surely, uh, life coming back. Yeah. And now... th- that can be examined through the fossil record and through uh, uh, examining the materials in the sediment. I think they're definitely going to come up with some interesting science that was that yeah. they didn't expect to come up with as as per usual in science. Absolutely. And to get back to your uh, what you were saying about the asteroids, there's more than twelve thousand near Earth objects that we know of. Yeah. Uh, they've that have that NASA's discovered directly, and there's about fifteen hundred of those that might cross the Earth's path and that are potentially hazardous. Yeah. Fifteen hundred that we know of. Right. Because <laughs> they're really hard to see. Yeah. There's uh, they're not really emitting light and um, right. there's freaking flying around out there. Now go ahead. Do you have something else? No, no, no. That was it. That, that's that was okay. the end of my science update there. We can't I can't talk about this topic and I'm gonna continue to call it asteroidal impacts and let, meteorite uh, impacts. Yeah, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna look it up after and see if I'm I'm wrong. Well, I, I could be wrong. I you do you need some cream for your asteroids? <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> it's a meteorite. All right. Uh, uh, I hate me too. <laughs> I can't talk about this topic without bringing up this dude, Randall Carlson. And he's, you know, the reason I found out about him is he's been on the uh, Joe Rogan podcast, I think three times total now, maybe four. Three. Okay. And uh, I'm trying to Google it here. He's a, he's a really interesting dude. His website is uh, Sacred Geometry International, I believe. So there you're right there. You're probably already like, oh Randall my God. Randall Carlson is a master builder and architectural designer, teacher, geometri- <laughs> geometrician. Uh, geomythologist. Yes. Geolo- I, uh, it's it's a bunch of stuff that it's a bunch of stuff that you're gonna look at and go. This is pseudoscience <laughs> bullshit. But just just hear me this out. This guy needs a straight check. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's yeah, what, he's been on two different Rogan epi- episodes at least. Yeah, I think yeah. three. Um, and he's a really interesting guy. And you know, as per everything, you know, do your own research and come to your own conclusions. And no one's got all the answers. And blah 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 blah. Disclaimers. Um, but, but some of the, some of his research is really interesting and, um, he has a theory that is backed up with a lot of evidence. Um, don't look at his website. Are you looking at it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not looking at his website right now. Otherwise I probably would have left. You probably would have left. Yeah. Um, but he's got some really interesting theories about, uh, the end of the last ice age, which was uh, around 12 to 13,000 years ago. And, um, you know, mainstream archaeology and uh, I don't know, whatever you call it, uh, geology uh, basically thinks that, you know, that they're okay. So over over North America, we had a huge glacier, miles right. of ice. Right. The story usually that's told is this stuff melted slowly over maybe, you know, hundreds or thousands of years. And, you know, the, the climate change for whatever reason, they don't really have a good explanation for why this would have melted. But Randall actually has a really interesting theory about an asteroid or meteor, whatever you want to call it, potentially hitting the actual ice sheet, which led to, in his theory, a really rapid uh, melting of the North American ice sheet. Okay. Um, And then there's lots of geological evidence that shows massive flooding uh, around 12,000 years ago. That wasn't something that slowly came about, but something that came about like very quickly in like sure. a matter of days. All of a sudden, there was a deluge. Um, sure. And there, there's a couple hard pieces of evidence uh, that go along with this, such as in the uh, ice cores, and I think more so in the, the just the geological um, sediment that there is the stuff called nuclear glass, and usually that happens at like where there's a nuclear test where um, you know, sand is heated up to some ridiculous uh, temperature and then basically becomes glass. And all over the world at, uh, 
at this time of 12,000 years ago, they're finding this nuclear glass. So it lends credence to the possibility that there could have been a large impact at that time. Now, some some of the stuff that is a little more out there and, you know, you should be incredulous of is um, there are flood myths from different cultures all over the world. a ton of ancient religions. Yeah, there's flood myths in a lot of them. And not only in religions, but just even in... uh, um, what do you call it when you pass a story down oral traditions right um, of a flood and and not connected different cultures so you know people that have never come into contact with each other they all kind of have this flood myth and you know Randall thinks that it's because it's kind of a memory or a, a passing down of the story when humanity was basically nearly wiped out by this uh, this crazy flood that would have come from this asteroid hitting the ice sheet, which melted the North American ice sheet almost instantly. Huh. The other thing is, in in our in human DNA, it seems as though um, we did almost get wiped out because if you look at the heredity lines, they go back to a very narrow point. Where no, they seem- do. That That's scientific proven. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Where it seems like... We, we almost all died at one point. Yeah, yeah, where it seems like we came from kind of a very small group of people that must have kind of repopulated the earth. So there's a lot of different things that I'm going to look up what that's called. It's bugging me. Yeah, please do. Um, So there's a lot of different pieces of evidence that kind of back up this idea and it's not settled science. And of course, I'm sure there's people that disagree with him and there's people that agree with him. And, um, you know, I, I would definitely say everyone, if you're interested in any, any of this stuff, look up his, uh, his episodes of the Joe Rogan podcast, and uh, he goes into a lot more detail and brings up a lot of data and shows uh, a lot of the evidence for this. It's super interesting, uh, you know, whether or not it's real. Either way, it's it's fun to think about and fun to uh, investigate. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of evidence for for something really crazy happening on this planet. You know, twelve to thirteen thousand years ago. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Toba catastrophe. There you go. What's that about? Um, so the Toba catastrophe, presented in the late '90s to early 2000s, suggested that a bottleneck of human population occurred about 70,000 years ago. Hmm. It's proposed that the human population was reduced to as low uh, to 10 to 30,000 individuals when wow. the uh, Toba supervolcano in Indonesia erupted and triggered a major environmental change. Hmm, okay. Uh, the theory is based on geological geological evidence. Uh, of sudden climate change and a coalescence uh, evidence of some genes, including mitochondrial DNA, Y chromosome, and, and some nuclear genes, hmm. and the relatively low level of genetic variation in humans at large. Right. Uh, more recent research shows the extent of climate change was uh, much smaller than believed by proponents of the theory. So there's, you know, it's one of those things that I'm sure over time uh, there's going to be new proposals and evidence and all that. But I think it's safe to say at some point something crazy has happened. Well, there's another... there's too many volcanoes and too many asteroids floating around for something not to happen. Yeah, exactly. This idea that that everything kind of slowly changes and you know nothing catastrophic happens that all of a sudden changes everything in just a matter of weeks isn't really in uh, mainstream geology. But as we're seeing from you know even this asteroid uh, that we originally started talking about killing the dinosaurs, things can happen really quickly and change everything really you know in a moment. So. It's yeah. pretty interesting. And uh, one of the other pieces of evidence that I just thought of just lastly was that the uh, a lot of the large um, animals in North America, um, like the woolly... Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> like Rosie and the woolly mammoths. John um, Goodman. You know, they all they all died out really quickly at a certain time. And, the, the you know, the going theory as well, you know, when the humans came over the... Overhunting. Yeah, overhunting, yeah, yeah. but... It it kind of doesn't make sense. So anyway, check out Randall Carlson. Check out his <laughs> check out his podcast on uh, Rogan, and check out Graham Hancock too, because it's some pretty pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, you you're always going to be Molder, and I'm always going to be Scully in this sense. Well, so. you know what is I like to investigate this stuff, but I don't believe any of it. You know what I mean? I think it's fun. You can think about it. You can kind of as long as you can keep it in your mind that this is just a theory and this is, there's some evidence for it and you don't necessarily have to buy into everything. Sure. You can investigate things without hey, going. Hey, look, the, the guy that originally proposed uh, plate te- the theory of plate tectonics, uh-huh. everyone thought he was nuts. Yeah. I mean, you can go back through science and see all kinds of examples yeah. where, you know, the guy who found out the, the truth at first, no one wanted to believe it. It happens yeah. over and over and over again. And at first these things are ridiculed and laughed at. And then later on, everybody goes, well, yeah, of course that's how it happened. You right. Know? Yeah. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Things and, change. Uh, 
Yeah, the whole thing is not believing anything. You, you can put a put a probability on it. Like I think that's eighty percent probable sure. that happened. And if I get some new evidence tomorrow that refutes it, well, then I'll change my mind. That's what that's how science should really work. Is sure. you know you want to be open but skeptical. Yeah, absolutely. Boom. I think that'll do it for uh, this uh, edition of the Metal Blade Podcast. As always, any questions, comments, concerns, uh, you can file it in the goddamn trash can. I'm just kidding. You you can tweet it at us, at MetalVinny, at AugmentedRyan, and at MetalBlade. And we hope you enjoy, as always. Keep it metal. uh, Keep going to shows. Keep buying shirts. And, uh, you know, listen to some new music on Apple Music, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, MP3, at your local retailers. Also, if you don't know where to find a local record store near you, Go to recordstoreday.com. Yeah. And that'll tell you where the local record stores are, where you can uh, call ahead to see if records are there. Support and them. What they you, need your help. What should you do if they don't have a record you want? Make them order it. Yeah. That helps us out. That helps bands out. Unless you want Trust nowhere me. locally to go to purchase music, you know, don't support them. But, you know, if you want to be able to go to your re- local record store, you have to go there and buy something. Absolutely. So keep supporting metal and we will see you next time. And we're going to leave you with Amon Amarth. First kill Boom. from Yom's Viking out March 25th. Enjoy. Man, when he came to take.